Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kissing the Cod, All Things Gold. The gold exploration business is an exciting one, full of interesting people, highly intelligent, very entrepreneurial, fiercely independent, I would say. Uh, and it's our uh, goal to introduce you to a lot of these people. Today, we are joined by Tim Froud, CEO, President, Director, and uh, probably many other things with Socom and Minerals. Uh, one of the nicest people I've met and a resident of a wonderful jurisdiction, Newfoundland, which is experiencing a wonderful, for all of us, uh, modern day gold rush. Welcome, Tim. It's good to see you. Well, thank you, Janet. And one thing I, I should add to that uh, list of accolades you had there was I'm also cook. And in fact, before the camp got too big, I actually cooked for everybody out there just to be close to act to the action. So yeah, <laughs> many hats for sure. Yeah, I think I think I've been um, the dishwasher, everything in 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 my uh, glamorous career. So <laughs> welcome today. I uh, Sokoman's doing some amazing things on the island of Newfoundland, and and to be clear, the jurisdiction of Newfoundland and Labrador. So, um, but first. Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, fa fascinated to hear more about what brought people to being in the geology and, uh, and Newfoundland. Well, uh, I'm a local boy in, in that I grew up in central Newfoundland. In, in fact, uh, our flagship Moosehead project is only 20, 20 kilometers east of my hometown, Grand Falls. And I grew up there and uh, I guess thought like most fellows growing up in that town. Uh, it's a pulp and paper town, so I'm going to work in the mill or I'm going to work in the woods as a, you know, a logger or a forester or something. But um, yeah, so going to school, I did the job or sorry, the forestry thing to start and um, quickly realized that my, my stronger passion was actually rocks. Uh, and so in my second year of my five year forestry program, I switched majors and became a first year geology student and haven't looked back. Oh, wonderful. Um, and uh, you are originally, uh, you've lived in, in Newfoundland for many years. Uh, I think uh, you moved there young in life and, and your, your mom is there as well? Yeah, well, that's one of the uh, many positives of, of, of the project. I mean, you're correct. I mean, in our careers, we travel the world looking for mineral deposits. And wow, what a rare opportunity for, for me in particular to you know, be home again, to be close to my family, especially my mom. Now that she's getting on, I get to see her a lot more often, which, which makes her happy. And um, yeah, the, uh, you know, just the, just the grind of travel. You know, we, we, don't, uh, we don't spend, and, and you know what? That's good for our shareholders because we don't spend a lot of money in, in traveling to projects in far flung corners of the world. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just comforting to, to be able to maybe have a chance to give something back you know, to the area that I grew up in and um you know uh, and there's so many of us i mean our whole team basically is from central newfoundland it's amazing all of these guys which which gives us a tremendous advantage in terms of you know just just having local knowledge i mean it's hard to put a price on that but knowing the area and the roads and and the people and the shortcuts and things like that and and the business people that that you know i grew up my dad you know that a lot of people know my dad and when they see me walking down the road you tim you know so you know what are you doing sort of thing and 
So I tell them what I'm doing and it's, wow, that's, that's pretty neat. And uh, yeah, it is, it is neat to be back home again and, uh, you know, be amongst family and friends and, and not only that, but to have, you know, a project like Moosehead, which is, you know, just, just, you know, surpassed my, my, you know, initial expectations, you know, for me at the outset, it was, you know, get a good project and get a couple of good holes and, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But, uh, you know, this thing just took off from, from hole one and, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, we've, uh, you know, we've got a great bunch of shareholders. We've built a great team. And I think, you know, um, I'm not saying we have a mine, but we're trying. Well, you have a, a, an amazing history uh, on the island. Uh, in, in putting together this podcast, I've been talking to people and, and the, the, your name always comes up. It seems like you know everybody and everybody knows you, but you have um, a lot of history with the uh, Valentine Project back in the 80s, do you not? Well, you know what? It's, it's kind of, uh, 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 well, it, it's, it's a great story from, you know, a personal story for me in particular. Uh, you know, I was still, actually, I think I was in my last year of university and working for BP Resources and Dave Barber handed me a, a soil anomaly map and and basically he pointed me, you know, go down there and basically see if you can come up with any kind of an explanation for these soil anomalies. So my assistant and I, <clears throat> Gerald Harris, uh, another young man from, from Buckins at the time, a young man, um, I think it was our second trip down there. We were basically given a few weeks to kind of suss out this anomaly. And uh, anyway, uh, partway through the second day, <clears throat> um, I noticed a piece of quartz sticking up through the moss on this little knob near what is now, I guess, Valentine Lake or uh, Leprechaun Pond, sorry, and broke it and, and geez, there it was. I mean, I actually have it right here. <laughs> I actually have the discovery piece. I don't know if you can see any gold in that, but uh, anyway. So anyway. Yes, yes, definitely we can. And uh, yeah, so so that's my connection. I mean, it clearly, you know, a lot of work has been done there since then. And my, you know, I tip my hat to all the hard work that the men and women that you know, obviously built that project where it is now, especially, you know, Marathon Gold, you know, they, they've done just such a great, you know, uh, Phil Saunders, uh, Phil, sorry, um, uh, Phil Walford and, and Sherry Dunsworth. I mean, you know, they just did a tremendous job and, you know, well-deserving. I think they got the Bill Dennis for that. So well-deserved. And uh, yeah, so my little piece of that, I guess, was just bringing attention to an area where there wasn't any, you know, uh, known gold. There's gold occurrences like miles away, but, you know, this, this was just a, a raw bush discovery, and uh, yeah, I'm pleased to still have that sample. <laughs> well, and we're we're going to um, put up a picture here of the uh, of you and your partner at the at the outcrop, and also the uh, uh, the rock there from the leprechaun. I have the name correct, right? I think it's yeah. I think it's going to be part of what will be their leprechaun deposit. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm survived that picture. I'm surprised that picture survived, but anyway, it's a bit embarrassing. But anyway, go ahead. If you <laughs> that's <ask>. great. <laughs> it's great. It's the '80s, right? You look like yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Having a great time out there. So you could wear your hair longer back then. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, um, it, and we can get into Sokum in a little bit, but you have a bit of a, a pattern of surprise discoveries. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, obviously that was a surprise, um, but, you know, it, it was the target and, and, you know, surprises can come in, in many forms. Uh, you know, recently, I know um, our lithium discovery basically came, came out as a blue on our Golden Hope project in uh, southwestern Newfoundland. Uh, I mean, we staked the project uh, for its gold potential. 
And, um, you know, I think it just, uh, I think our second trip down there, we happened across some outcrops that, well, we first thought they were quartz veins because they were white and they were sticking up. So, oh, the quartz over there, just go over. But anyway, after we'd had a look at them uh, and our, uh, our crew at the time included uh, Michael Stairs, Mick and Stephen Stairs. Uh, uh, I'm sure you know those guys from Benton and, uh, and White Metals and Sean O'Brien, one of our advisors. So, um, quickly looked at it and realized there's something more to this and it's, it's not it's not it's not a gold system we're looking at here this is something different and uh, uh, the boys recognized it for what it was and we you know we popped some samples in and uh, sure enough came back with uh, you know some pretty substantial amounts of, uh, of lithium and uh, yeah it's, it's kind of taken a life of its own uh, we, we drilled a few holes there in the winter uh, through some very trying conditions <laughs> and uh, not a good place to be in the middle of winter down there when, when it's in the open barren country uh, it doesn't take much to uh, uh, for the weather to play havoc with you but uh, yeah I know and uh, and you know what uh, you, I never told you this the first time but this this kind of thing happened to me before as well when I was back in my early days with uh, Inco who I spent uh, many years with uh, out of university. I was drilling a project up in the, the Shining Tree uh, Greenstone Belt between Timmins and, and Sudbury um, for VMS. And um, so we were drilling this beautiful alteration zone looking for zinc copper uh, in, in volcanic rocks. And we ended up punching through uh, a sheet of mineralized rhyolite with, uh, with zinc and everything, nice, beautiful mineralization and banged right into this uh, gabbro, which is a mafic rock that had disseminated nickel copper and uh, uh, and as assays uh, subsequently told uh, told later uh, PGEs with it <laughs> we drilled through that and then back into the volcanic rocks again with the lead with the zinc and copper in it so yeah so I mean uh, I that's why one of the reasons I love this job I mean you don't know like like uh, Forrest Gump you know life is like a box of chocolates <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get but uh, anyway uh, <clears throat> yeah so uh yeah, you should always have your eyes open, I guess, is the lesson here. And, um, you know, good prospectors as well also help. So uh, they make you look good. What, did, what, did, what do they say? Look for something that doesn't belong. Exactly. No, nope, you got it. So um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about Sokoman. Um, I love the story of uh, how things started to grow for you when you were uh, barely a phone call away. So I'm just going to let you talk a little bit and then... I want to talk about Newfoundland after that. So let's talk about Sokoman. Yeah, well, Sokoman started life as a company called Golden Dory Resources in about 2006 or seven, I think. I, I wasn't a founder, but I was invited to join the exploration team uh, shortly thereafter. And um, yeah, so we basically had projects uh, in Newfoundland. We had a we had a kick at a couple of uh, projects in Nevada for a while and, 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 and returned home and got into the... Uh, I got into the R&R space when when R&R was hot back uh, a number of years ago, and uh, and unfortunately the market just seemed to collapse wherever wherever we were going. It seemed like things were just falling apart. Timing is everything in this business, and uh, anyway, so things went pretty quiet with with, uh, with Golden Dorian, and um, yeah, there were some pretty lean years. I had to go to work for other people, like we all do this. I mean, you know, if you're uh, and the thing was, I was the last man standing because I was the only one who could do all of the necessary things to keep the company listed. You know, you had to have the QP and all this stuff, someone to write reports and all this sort of thing. So anyway, um, uh, we were almost out of money back in 2016, I think. And in between there, we changed the company name 
from Golden Dory to Sacrament Iron and changed the name again to Sacrament Minerals uh, after the iron ore collapse. <laughs> we didn't want to associate ourselves with iron ore, but iron ore is popular again. So, you know, it's, it's up and down, as you know. So around 2016, um, uh, we didn't have much money and I was actually working for someone else at the time. Uh, Vic French, by the way, thank you for saving my life at that point. Um, we had a project that we staked, uh, or, or sorry, Altius had a project that they staked next to what will be the Valentine Lake mine. And they announced a very exciting discovery. And so I phoned up our CFO and said, how much money have we got in the bank? He said, $8,000 <laughs> or something like that. And I said, oh, okay, well, I can stake uh, 120 claims and uh, we'll see what this gets us. So anyway, we staked the claims and you know, uh, a few weeks later, I was still working for the other, for the other, uh, for, for Victor. And um, one day I was traveling home and the phone rang it was a Vancouver number I saw. I better, I better get that. It might be someone trying to give you some money. <laughs> so anyway, as it turned out, it was the IROC guys uh, who wanted me to explain our sudden, I guess, uh, market interest. Our, apparently our stock had uh, traded uh, you know, quite a substantial number of shares. And I wasn't even aware of it because I, I, was, at a phone, I was at a phone coverage. No one contacted me. Apparently what had happened was a newsletter writer in the U.S., picked up our story. He was following the Altius discovery sort of thing and just happened to mention us as a, as a bottom fish or whatever, just to, you know, uh, pick it up as a flyer sort of thing. And <clears throat> next thing you know, um, we were able to raise uh, two or $300,000 and uh, we, we staked a couple of other properties and, and a trend from Valentine Lake. And yeah, so we kind of built from there and uh, eventually uh, we managed to acquire in 2018, uh, the Moosehead property. And um, it was our very first hole. We drilled uh, kind of a good one, I guess. Uh, and basically our fortunes changed uh, at that point. Uh, that's when Eric Sprott, uh, you know, uh, became our, our largest, and he's still our largest shareholder. And um, yeah, we've been, we've been going at her ever since. And uh, uh, yeah, like I said, timing is everything. Well, you, um, uh, I love the story about uh, the guys from IROC, uh, for people that don't know the, the acronym. Uh, we, we know them well. When they call, you pay attention. Um, your stock goes up or there's something that's happening that, that gets their attention. Um, so I, I think you were talking about John Kaiser, perhaps. With the, yeah, uh, no, I know. And sorry, any copyright uh, infringements <laughs> there for John Kaiser and his bottom fish reports. Uh, anyway, I think he just picked us up as an area play sort of thing. You yeah. know, you might want to buy a few stocks anyway. So he mentioned, happened to mention us. And uh, yeah, so like I said, we traded like crazy for a couple of days. The stock went from a cent to like 13. And we were able to raise, I think, $300,000. And like I said, from there, we kind of jumped along a couple of properties, getting a little bigger and more, you know, aggressive as we moved along. And then obviously, uh, you know, I was aware of the Moosehead property, uh, you know, everybody in, in, working in Newfoundland at the time knew that you know, uh, Moosehead had some pretty high grades and things like that. And Altius, of course, are the ultimate, uh, they're the masters of, uh, and, and well done to them, uh, property generator and, and, you know, bringing capital and, you know, activity to the area, especially, and very staunch supporters of Newfoundland. So. Uh, yeah, we kind of fit the bill for them and they obviously fit the bill for us. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, like I said, uh, uh, first hole, we got to, you have to have luck, Janet, in this business. I'm not saying we, we intended to hit you know, 12 meters of 45 grams with hole one, but we did. 
And uh, how how appropriate that uh, Leprechaun and the Luck of the Irish was your your uh, <laughs> <laughs> the story that I know, right? And you're you know you're yeah. right. There's so many people. It, it, it's it's got to be like everything's got to come together to make it work. And whether you're getting a, a, a newsletter writer like John that, that picks up your story and finally gives you a little bit of attention. And, uh, and then you, that, that leads to a big investor like an Eric Sprott, who's been absolutely essential to what we're all doing in Newfoundland. Yes. Um, it just, but you know, you've got to have the right technical team and the right people behind it to get those people interested. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and one key thing with Eric is that grade is king. Um, and, and who doesn't like high grade? It, it's so forgiving. It, it just allows you uh, so much flexibility. Uh, it's glamorous. You know, uh, everyone likes to see that splashy VG. I mean, you can spend your whole life looking for VG and never, ever see it. I know lots of people who've never found VG in the bush. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, fortunately, I've done it a couple of times on, on other projects as well, but uh, you know nothing. You know, obviously that led to anything like Valentine Lake, but uh, and again, like I said, I'm only taking you know a little part of that story as you know bringing people into that area. Uh, and like I said, whoever fills the mind can have that sample to put on display if they want it. <laughs> um, let's chat a little bit about what's what's going on in, in Newfoundland these days. Uh, there's there's a lot of news. We were both talking about that earlier. There's a lot of news coming out. Um, it it, it get, gathered attention last year, I think, when Eric Sprott started making a lot of investments, and and then we all saw everything was slow uh, to come back from the labs. But you know, it, perseverance. Uh, now all the results are in, and and it's it, it, there's a lot of interest in the area. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and, and again, you know, Valentine Lake has played a, a major role in, in bringing attention to Newfoundland because the knock on Newfoundland historically was that you know, there aren't any large gold deposits here. Uh, you know, prior to, I guess, Hope Brook being developed in the in the early 80s, uh, you know, Newfoundland's gold production was largely limited exclusively to byproduct from from base metal mines. Uh, you know, in fact, up until Hope Brook came along, our biggest gold producer were the Buckins mines in, uh, in, in Central uh, that produced, I think, about three quarters of a million ounces of gold. Uh, not bad for a base metal mine. And I think about 65 million ounces of silver. So, uh, yeah, so no one ever thought Newfoundland was a good place to come look. And, uh, and of course, there's always the tangled history of, you know, the concession system, uh, which, which basically, you know, uh, dominated, uh, uh, you know, or, or kept, I guess, uh, uh, competitive claim staking and a junior sector you know completely out of the picture here in Newfoundland so really uh, and I say this and I say this to a lot of people I think Newfoundland right now is where Timmins was in 1910 in terms of our, our gold you know sort of development history I mean clearly now I mean we know we can get four or five million ounce gold deposits thanks to Valentine Lake and yeah and and uh, and obviously some very fabulous looking high grade uh, uh, properties, uh, including you know, Moosehead, uh, Newfound's property, Labrador Gold's property, and even in the Bayver Peninsula. I mean, a lot of people seem to forget that, you know, there currently is no gold mining going on in central Newfoundland. All of the gold being mined in Newfoundland currently is coming from the Bayver Peninsula. So, you know, it, there's more to Newfoundland than just the central Newfoundland gold trend as well. And um, I think that kind of worked in, in, in Sockerman's favor and our joint venture partner, uh, Benton Resources, in that 
where everybody was kind of focused on that one major structure, you know, the, the Cape Ray, Valentine Lake, Shear Zone. Um, we know our, through our own experience and, and from what I just said about Bay Vert, that there are other, you know, productive gold belts in this province. So that opened up opportunities for us. In fact, our, uh, our, our prior to our joint venture with Benton, uh, we had another hundred, we still have it. Uh, we staked, uh, I think about 2000 claims in total, about 500 square kilometers along the Bay Vert line. Basically it was wide open for staking um, in areas where I think people have uh, overlooked potential for a slightly different type of gold deposit than, than what we're chasing in, in Central, uh, more akin to uh, deposits like Kernalt in, uh, in Northern Ireland, 6 million ounce gold deposit. Wow. in rocks that are the, uh, the rocks on the western half of the Baver Peninsula are the are the equivalent time and stratigraphic and metamorphic everything equivalent to rocks over in Northern Ireland and, and uh, we just announced uh, not that long ago uh, 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 I think 880 the results from 880 chill samples that we had collected up there over 2021 and we've got a 30 kilometer long gold trend now there may be multiple sources in that, but uh, we've got a 30 kilometer long gold trend with, uh, with a lot of samples carrying a lot of pristine gold grains. And for those that don't know what pristine might mean, uh, it means good things. If you're looking for gold in, and you've got gold in till, pristine grains are grains that have not traveled very far or, or at least are interpreted not to travel very far, uh, which is good for targeting. So um, we've got probably eight or 10 Know, priority one targets that we're going to be chasing down in 2022 and uh, so basically it tells us that yeah these these rocks are are potentially productive rocks here in Newfoundland and uh, uh, so yeah I mean there, there's more opportunities here and then the alliance staked three projects again focusing on bigger big regional structures elsewhere in Newfoundland that people kind of just flew over in their haste to get to central not there's anything wrong with central Newfoundlands hey said it's in central um, so yeah, I think Newfoundland finally is getting its, uh, its, its the attention it deserves. Uh, and yes, you're correct. It has caused some issues with respect to you know, lab. Uh, we only have the one lab here in Newfoundland, uh, Eastern Analytical. And, and of course, they do fantastic work. Um, you know, otherwise, they wouldn't be used like companies like uh, Marathon, who use them basically as their, as their main lab. Of course, yes, you do check samples elsewhere. But yeah, so, but, but you know what? The, that, that issue faces all of us. It's not like, um, you know, one company has uh, an advantage over the others in, turning, in terms of getting results back. We're all in that same boat. Basically, you know, there used to be a rush service. <laughs> now I think that's the normal service. So paying the extra, <laughs> extra didn't get any further. Yeah. <laughs> paying extra didn't get you any further ahead in the line. So basically it's first come, first serve sort of thing yeah. again, which, and you know what? They're doing a great job over there managing that load. Uh, I think because we know if, well, if one company was sending all of their rocks from many, many drills, <laughs> they would only be doing their work sort of thing because of the volume. So I think they're doing a good job in basically managing the load and servicing all their clients as best they can. And my hat's off to them for that as well. Oh, it, it really went, uh, it felt like it went from zero to 100 and um, in, in a very challenging time with, with COVID restrictions as well. And uh, I, I, I commend everyone as well, uh, being able to put out field crews and, and get the types of results that are coming back in at a, 
you know, adding a heavy new burden onto, onto everybody's load is fabulous. Um, well, well, absolutely. And you know what, a point to note there, and, and you know, fortunately, um, uh, the government uh, were, were able to, in its, in its wisdom, and you don't often say that about governments, <laughs> uh, <laughs> deemed the mining and mineral exploration industry an essential service. And that allowed us to continue to operate, although obviously, especially back in the early days with, with some very, you know, um, own, not onerous, but I mean, you know, um, with a lot of care and, and concern, you know, especially for our staff and everybody's staff. And, you know, we immediately shut down when the province shut down and, uh, and after a few weeks and, and, you know, more information started to come out, uh, we talked to our drilling contractor and we were able to work out an arrangement whereby, you know, they were able to drill we were able to get our core. We were able to do our job, and um, and kept things going. Fortunately, like it wasn't just a total shutdown. Like some other sectors of the economy, I mean, you know, I really feel for people that you know lost their jobs. I mean, we 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 basically slowed down for a few weeks, and that was it. And basically full bore. So we've been very lucky. Yeah, and 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 brought a lot of jobs in at a time when people were were losing jobs. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, maybe one one at one point in time, people will look back and realize that the the monumental effort that was put into keeping everything going, uh, like you say, not just by the companies but by the government as well, and in in honoring that it's an essential service for the for the community. Um, can we talk a little bit about lithium because you are. Uh, were known for gold and then started coming out with some fabulous results um, uh, in, in lithium and uh, caught me off guard, um, but it's continuing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, again, always have your eyes open and be open to new ideas and anything that's different, as you mentioned earlier, uh, if, it, if it doesn't look like it shouldn't be there, well, you gotta go look at it. You know, that's, that's priority number one, but no, um, you know, our, our Golden Hope uh, joint venture with Benton uh, is, and it's still, I think, a high quality gold target. It's just that the lithium has kind of, you know, dragged us over that side of the road for a little bit, and, and rightly so. I mean, any opportunity, especially one that's uh, potentially uh, significant and, and of uh, potential, you know, impact to our shareholders, you know, it's our mandate, you know, to follow these things. Uh, and you know what? Uh, uh, I, I've actually gotten emails from, from shareholders who think, I, I fell off the wagon because I'm looking for lithium. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, but what do you want me to do? Ignore it? You know, uh, yeah. we're an exploration company. We're not a mining company. So, you know, um, uh, but that's it. I mean, and, and you know what? That's fine too, because some people are purists. It's, you know, they want a gold company. And uh, yeah, maybe we are maybe spending, you know, uh, a, a, fra a portion of our time uh, on non-gold assets. But uh, again, you know, it, it's my mandate to you know, maximize, you know, shareholder value. And that includes looking at any opportunity that comes by in the, in, in the rock business, that is. I mean, we're not going to get into Bitcoin or anything, but, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, we won't go there. That's a bad yeah. word. <laughs> but uh, with all due respect to the Bitcoiners out there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, where it'll go, uh, Janet, from here, uh, only time will tell. But, but you know what, uh, these things generally don't occur in isolation. And I'm talking about, you know, uh, you know, pegmatite dikes, they generally occur in swarms and, uh, and quite extensive. Uh, they can be, you know, the districts globally, 
can be 20, 30, 40, 50 kilometers long. And it just so happens that the Golden Hope property does have uh, about that same strike length in terms of, uh, of the structure tied up. Uh, like I said, we focused on structures and, and, a, and, a, and a deep seated structure is, is, is important for the formulation of these types of systems. And so we staked the Bay Desk Fault based on its gold potential. And um, it also seems to have some decent lithium potential. Now we did poke a few, like I said, reconnaissance holes in, we did get core in the box with lithium in it. And, but, you know, uh, we've been poking through the old assessment files, historical work done underground. There's notes, there's notes and mentions of pegmatite dikes found up to six kilometers away from where we drilled. So um, they may or may not be lithium bearing, but you know what? This snow can't melt fast enough <laughs> for us to get down there because, you know, this all this is all very new. Um, but you know, we'll be, like I said, any, any, any mention of a pegmatite dike in the literature, we're going to be on it. Well, and I think we, we talked about this before that um, there's a mine in Northern Canada, Northwest Territories, uh, a Canton, uh, it was uh, tungsten mine, yes. uh, but they were drilling and exploring for tungsten and just happened to take a black light out at night to look for something and the whole thing lit up. and. So years spent on another commodity turned into a tungsten mine that operated, I think, off and on for decades. So and you know what? Know. There's, there's, yeah, there's plenty of examples of that. I mean, Olympic Dam, I mean, a giant, you know, one of, you know, a, a monster class ore body um, was drilled back in, in the 70s. And apparently the core sat in Iraq uh, for a year or two. I mean, I may be a little bit off on, on the exact history of this, but uh, wasn't recognized for what it was until some of the copper started to oxidize in the core and somebody noticed it. Um, wow, <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, these things can come in as a blue. You just have to be, like I said, just have your eyes open. A lesson for all prospectors, you know, yes. don't, don't go in with blinders on. I, I actually uh, saved myself from an encounter with a snake because of the lesson that geologists taught me. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was out and it was it was daytime, but for some reason ground had been disturbed and there was a copperhead on the ground, but it was, it was sleeping. And I saw it just at the last minute, I was about to step on it and nobody could believe that I saw it. And, and I said, I was, the reason I saw it is I was taught by a geologist that you always look for something that doesn't belong. And it's yes. a snake lying there, just even something that just moved slightly or didn't look normal. Yeah. So great advice from geologists. Yes, exactly. Yep, for sure. I want to go back to your comment about Bitcoin because I just want to go there for a second. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, um, I, I never was a gold bug until I uh, got involved with a conference for the gold antitrust group many, many years ago in 2005 and um, became a bit of a gold bug. But you can't, you can put it in your pocket. It's real, right? Yes, it is real. Yeah, I don't even know what what. Like I said, I'm 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 I know enough about it to be dangerous, but I, I just don't uh, understand the concept of it. And like like I can't. Can I use it around? Can I go to Tim Hortons and use it? I mean, no, probably not. But anyway, when you're when you're when, and you know power to them, but when your power goes out or your power goes off, how do you how do you access it? That gold is in your pocket at all times, right? Absolutely. 
and, it, and it's a measure of value historically and a hedge against inflation. So a, a great place to be. You are also um, a fan of uh, coins that uh, Newfoundland used to produce as well. Well, I'm first and foremost a Newfoundlander. Um, uh, so anything to do with Newfoundland's pre-Confederation history, uh, I, I collect, I, I, I look, I seek out. Uh, I've got stuff downstairs in my bar that I found with the metal detector, you know, pre-Confederation mines uh, in Newfoundland. A lot of people probably don't know that uh, around from the 18... 80 until about 1900, uh, you know, uh, obviously with a few ups and downs in that period, you know, Newfoundland was one of the world's largest leading producers of copper um, from mines, basically from the Bayvert, Springdale area sort of thing. At one point, there were maybe not obviously all operating at the same time, but there were up to, I think, 26 mines. And there were actually, believe it or not, two smelters <laughs> working in, uh, in, in northeastern Newfoundland at the time or northwestern Newfoundland at the time. And uh, yeah, so things like that. And, uh, but yeah, one of my passions uh, uh, is Newfoundland coins and stamps. Because uh, prior to 49, of course, we had our own currency. And uh, one of my favorites to collect are, are, are Newfoundland gold coins, which are uh, one tenth of an ounce. They're, they're spectacular looking coins with Queen Victoria on the back. And um, yeah, I, I just have a passion for any and all things uh, Newfoundland. Uh, um, I don't know, call me crazy, but uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Newfoundlander, true and true. That's a good thing. I, I've had the pleasure of living in mining towns with uh, predominantly po the population predominantly from Newfoundland. And I, you couldn't ask for, for more wonderful people. And one of the things I like about working um, in this jurisdiction is that spirit of cooperation uh, that doesn't just exist in the community, but it's really existing between the companies as well that are exploring there. And this information sharing that's taking as a, to use a, a, a local saying, I would hope all boats float higher. And I really, really like how I'm seeing that information share that's making everybody better. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, if, if company X, uh, which is staked next to company Y and, and Z, company X makes a discovery, it's good for, it's good for, you know, Y and Z as well. So uh, I know I've, I've, I've spread information around. I've told people about stuff I've seen in the rocks underground and uh, um, I make no bones about it. Uh, what, what good is it for me to keep that to myself? Uh, it's not going to benefit me. Um, so, you know, why not help someone you know, uh, in their efforts to basically achieve what we're all looking for, which is, you know, success uh, uh, on our properties. Uh, again, you know, uh, newfound gold has brought, you know, tremendous attention to Newfoundland. So I, I wish them, you know, all the luck in the world, obviously. And, you know, their success will ultimately be our success in, in terms of being able to attract capital and, uh, you know, credibility, you know, uh, Again, like I said, I think Newfoundland is where Timmins was, you know, 100 years ago, and uh, uh, we're going to do our best to wrap to change that as, as quickly as we can. The concept that, you know, there aren't big gold deposits in Newfoundland. Well, uh, I think when it's all said and done, and the dust settles on this, and how many years, but uh, uh, you will see Newfoundland, you know, being one of the, you know, the largest, I think, uh, uh, endowments of gold in the country.
And, and, and Salkman is really turning into one of the leading companies there, your, your discoveries and, and the work you're doing. I, I think you're, you're, you're emerging very quickly as, as one of the top companies that are out there. Well, thank you. And, you know, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, and of course, we've, we've also had the advantage of being here before most people came. Uh, so, you know, we have the advantage of, you know, at the early start, if you will, and uh, uh, obviously, uh, there weren't many people to invest in at the time because it was basically us and, and, a, and a handful of others. I mean, you look at the claims map uh, historic, well, not historically, but even from 2018, it, it's bare compared to, to what it is now. And in fact, I think there are more claims staked in Newfoundland than, than there ever was historically. And, uh, and the lab uh, uh, says, you know, they weren't even this busy when, during the Boise Bay rush. And we all remember how massive that was. And uh, so, yeah, um, you know, uh, you know, everyone's success, uh, you know, we, we all try if we, if someone asked me, you know, if you worked on this property, you know, what do you, what do you remember of it? I'll tell them <laughs> without hesitation. I guess my phone's going to start ringing. <laughs> good thing, good thing I turned good. it off. <laughs> good thing I turned <laughs> it off. <laughs> but anyway, you know, a lot of the work is, should be old enough that all the old assessment files, uh, you know, should be in there and all uh, confidentiality, confidentiality should be off that now. But anyway, uh, but no, if someone wanted to call me up and chat about a property, I'll, I'll gladly chat them up. Well, you definitely have the history. Um, so what's in the work plan this year for, uh, for your projects? Well, uh, we're going to be a heck of a lot busier because we have... Uh, you know, several more projects than we did, uh, you know, a year, year and a half ago. Uh, wasn't that long ago. We had, we had one project, Moosehead. Uh, then along came Fleur de Lis. And then the joint venture with, uh, with Benton, we staked uh, massive, you know, we staked like 6,000 claims, which is, you know, quite, quite, quite an undertaking. And uh, uh, I, I don't think it's the biggest, you know, portfolio. I think there's a couple of companies that have more ground, but, but from our perspective, uh, yeah, and we we uh, you know we actually had to go out and raise a bit more money because the treasury we did have uh, was largely earmarked for for Moosehead as it should. It's our flagship property. Uh, we, we've got to build a we got to build this thing up as quickly as we can. Uh, so yeah, so there's fifty thousand more meters uh, to come at uh, at Moosehead. Uh, we've got. Uh, it's difficult to say whether or not we'll get uh, drilling at Fleur de Lis this year. But um, where we're still at the till and you know target evaluation stage, unless we happen to find something, you know, sticking out as a ground, which hey, has that ever happened before? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, never to you. you know, <laughs> things could get fast tracked, yeah. but but right now, you know, um, you know, it's it's maybe up to the trenching level. I'm saying for now, it could change at Fleur de Lis, and uh, and bang, we just we just raised five million dollars uh, to basically move forward on our Gray River, where we announced. Uh, First, you know, the first drill holes for gold on that project, and um, as well the lithium. Um, we're probably going to spend four or five million dollars, uh, you know, on those two projects as well. Uh, difficult to say, you know, how many holes that translate to in terms of dollars, because again, Moosehead is—you couldn't put a property in a better spot. I mean, the Trans Canada Highway runs through it. Yeah. Uh, there's no Trans Canada Highway in Gray River, <laughs> but you know what? biggest highway in the world is there the Atlantic Ocean so it's not like it's it's isolated but you can certainly get there yeah it's, um, it, it, just got to deal with the fog <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so. it, it, I think that's one thing I learned from um, 
from one of the prospectors was how close everything is to uh, eventually to the ocean in a port, right? Yeah, and, and that's and that's critical, and, and especially in, in some of the uh, not so much for gold because gold you can fly your product out in a helicopter. You know, you pour your gold bars and uh, you know uh, you put them in a basket and fly them out, or a Brinks truck comes up to your back door. Uh, <clears throat> things like lithium, where you know you're probably going to have to start looking at um, creating a concentrate and moving that to uh, a plant. You're probably going to have a little more in terms of uh, infrastructure. So again, uh, uh, the Kraken, which is what we call the uh, the pegmatite swarm at uh, Golden Hope, is only 30 kilometers from from tidewater. So ice free at, on the south coast as well. So been um, in a boat and away you go, sort of thing. Well, and the federal budget identified lithium as a critical metal and has added some exploration tax credits. So not a bad thing to. Happening. And you know what? Our CFO is licking his chops saying, does this mean we're going to get big rebates, get our money back? I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, you know, one of the things I think that uh, uh, can help this, this, uh, this project move along is, is are things like that. I mean, if we can qualify, we'll just keep recycling that money back in the ground. Uh, it means less dilution and higher dollars as well. So you're not under the gun to spend them in a year's whatever uh, time frame. But uh, yeah, no, I think uh, timing again is everything. Uh, lithium or lithium discovery is, is could be timed just right in terms of at least being able to um, attract interest and capital, um, hopefully uh, some serious capital in the not too distant future. And, and, and added that to all the opportunity you have at Moosehead and, and others with the, with the gold. Um, maybe you get to have an old, your own gold for your gold coins. Yeah, and you know what, Tana, we're, we're finally getting, you know, uh, Moosehead is a very structurally complex area as Newfoundland is, is one big, you know, orogenic, multiple orogenic events. And you can't, you can't live through those things and not have some structural complexity to you. Um, we know from the work that we've done now uh, over the past uh, couple of years that there are multiple structures at work uh, hosting gold mineralization at Moosehead. And they're not all oriented the same way. Uh, they, they cross cut, they offset. Uh, so oh, the program as we've laid out uh, requires the pattern of drilling that we've been doing for the past year and a half now, which is instead of 50 meter space holes and hoping to hit the big one, um, we're now down to more uh, tighter space drilling for, for many reasons. Uh, you know, high-grade veins aren't aren't big sheets that that sit in the ground that you know you can drill anywhere and get them. Not like an iron ore deposit. With all due respect to the iron ore people, uh, they're big. But these things tend, you know, uh, and, and sometimes you're challenged in just maintaining uh, continuity over 50 or or even 100 meters. So. And you can miss stuff. I mean, yeah. one of the high grade like, like zones, raisin, like raisin bread, right? Yes, exactly. Um, you know, one of the you know, we're we're chasing. A lot of us use an example, or I guess the the type locality of uh, Fosterville in Australia as the as the model we're chasing, and, and rightly so. I think uh, I think enough people who are less smarter than me have come out and said, yes, the systems that we seem to be getting here in Newfoundland and Central Newfoundland. Are very similar to Fosterville, and I've had the good fortune to have visited Fosterville uh, a number of years ago, 
prior to it being the mine that it is now, uh, while I was there on other business, and I have managed to bring back a few rocks. Like, hey, funny, I, I do pick up rocks from time. I do pick up rocks from time to time, and it's amazing, you know, because like I said, that was in 2007, I think it was, and uh, or around there, and um, uh, you know, it's funny how things come around in this business. Uh, to have a project, and what attracted me to to that area, I was down there looking at uh, at Olympic Dam. I mentioned Olympic Dam earlier, the giant deposit, IOCG type. Uh, so while I was there, I prior to my departure, I managed to make a call uh, because I was aware of the mine, Fosterville, and the fact that it sits in in geology, very similar in age, in structural history, and things like that to the Central Newfoundland Gold Belt. Uh, so. I, I phoned up the mine and asked him if I could come in. I'm visiting from Canada, and would you mind if I, you know, got a tour around a bit? So they said, "Come on, we'll, we'll look after you." So anyway, I, I, I didn't get underground, but I did get to see, you know, obviously some key features that when I was there, and I said, "Oh my, I know where these rocks are. <laughs> you know, I know where I know where to find rocks like this home." So uh, yeah, so I just took a couple of pieces, and actually, one of in some of my presentations I show at the very back a box of core from Moosehead and laid on top of the box of core is a polished sample from uh, from Fosterville. And you can't tell the difference. It's just wow. like, a, it just blends into the box so good. And I know that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, rocks can look similar, but the fact that they are so similar and so many key features, uh, you know, certainly says that, uh, you know, Moosehead has the potential to be a Fosterville or you know, I'd even take a fraction of a Fosterville right now. Uh, we'll make sure that we put up uh, one of those pictures uh, on the podcast as well, and, and people can watch that link to it on our social media. Yes. Um, this is, I, I really enjoyed our conversation, Tim. Well, yeah, I, I've been so lucky in my career. Uh, I've been to a lot of places. Uh, some I'd like to go back to again, some I don't care to see again. <laughs> But uh, again, just, just to come full circle and be, and be back home again, you know, and friends and family and, and exploring a, a, you know, a wonderful project um, and having you know, some, finally, some, some world attention on this part of Newfoundland uh, and, and not just us, obviously Newfound, you know, certainly are the, are the standard bearers now. Uh, but it, yeah, I've been very lucky and I've got a great team um, and, you know, uh, without them, obviously there wouldn't be the success we've had at Moosehead and uh, uh, if any of the staff are listening out there thank you very much and uh, <laughs> uh, couldn't have done it without you and um, yeah and success to all all of our neighbors everybody um, you know uh, your success will be ours yeah it's it's I, I wish you a, a great season and great success um, you you definitely deserve it and you've work so incredibly hard. Uh, I just want to remind people your symbol is SIC on the TSX. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And uh, thank you again, Tim, for joining us today. I, I've really enjoyed this. I've learned a lot um, and look forward to seeing you in your uh, home place there working before too long. I uh, also want to thank everybody for joining us today. And please um, remember at uh, Kissing the Cod, all things gold. We hope to continue to bring you some interesting stories and interesting people. And um, one time we're going to have to explain to people what Kissing the Cod is, right, Tim? <laughs> yes.
Yes. <laughs> a local, a local custom and tradition, correct? Uncooked. Uh, there you go. <laughs> a, a, a teaser for another talk um, yes. on the topic, but um, yeah. always important to respect local culture and tradition and what we're trying to do by uh, remembering that in our title. So thank you again. Thank you, Janet.